Welcome to Star Wars and TN. Now hit the intro. What well you have? You are now tuned in to a Star Wars show, so just sit back and ready to flow. Clear your mind of what you know, and let the force be the course of where we go. As we take this journey far, far away, now let's hear what John Vader has to say. We would be honored if you would be joining us. What's going on, Far, Far Away family? How's everyone doing on this wonderful Tuesday? I hope everything is going great on your side of the galaxy. Nothing really new out here on the Outer Rim. So I want to get right to the story because when we left off yesterday, Sarah had just found out what happened to her father. And I really want to know what's going to happen next. So let's get to it. But drowning them all out was a fierce primal anger. More than anything, she wanted revenge. She wanted to strike out at the monster who had terrorized her as a child, and then years later killed her father. Yet that was impossible. The Jedi had stolen that from her. What was he like? Lucia asked. The last Sith, I mean. He was a tragic, pathetic figure. Thin, frail. You could see the madness in him when he charged us. His eyes were as dark and wild as his hair. No, Sarah thought. That's not right. He had hair. The black armored man's head was shaved. Yes, hair like an animal's, long, unkempt, matted with blood. An unthinkable suspicion was worming its way into Sarah's brain. Was he a big man? She demanded, straining to keep the urgency from her voice. Tall, I mean. The Ithorian shook his head. No, not overly so. Not for a human. The dark-armored man was a giant. At least as tall as you, Master Opa. Oblivious to Sarah's inner turmoil, the Ithorian continued his tale. The lightsabers of the fallen Jedi were found in Kaleeb's camp. The Dark Lord had kept them as trophies. Master Thornatu brought them back along with the healer's remains so they could be laid to rest in a place of honor. This monument represents one of the greatest triumphs of the Jedi Order, but also one of its grimmest chapters. The Sith are no more, but only at the cost of many lives that will be sorely missed. This was the price we had to pay to rid the galaxy of the Sith forever. Sarah's mind was churning, trying to put all the pieces together. She needed time to think, to figure it out. But she couldn't do that here. Not with her father's name staring up at her from the stone. She needed to leave before she said or did something that would expose her secret and reveal her true identity. You have given us a lot to think about, Master Ova. Sarah said stiffly. I will be sure to relay all of this to the king. Master Oba cleared his throat apologetically. I have every confidence you will do so, but I would still like to send one of my own people to investigate and see if the talismans are still there. When Sarah hesitated before answering, Lucia came to her rescue. What would be the point of that? I mean, if you're right about said Hearth being the killer, wouldn't he be long gone by now? He's not going to hang around after he gets his hands on those talismans, right? You are probably correct, the Jedi admitted after considering her words. 
Then I see no reason for the Jedi to follow up on this matter, Sarah said, collecting herself enough to seize the opportunity Lucia's quick thinking had provided her. Given the delicate political situation on Doan, it would probably be best for all concerned if the investigations were conducted by the local authorities. She could see the Ithorian wasn't pleased with the arrangement, but he had been backed into a corner. Caught in the web of galactic politics, he was now helpless to take action without turning this into an official diplomatic incident, something the Senate would not look kindly on. If we learn any news about Set or the Talismans, the Prince has promised, you have my word that we will inform you right away. Thank you, Your Highness. The Arthorian replied with a stiff bow, only now realizing how he had been outmaneuvered. Sarah gave Master Oba a curt nod as a final farewell, then quickly turned to take her leave, anxious to return to the privacy of her shuttle. Lucia immediately fell into step beside her. Neither of them spoke as they crossed the gardens to the waiting airspeeder. The silence continued as the speeder whisked them up and away, turning the buildings and swarming crowds of Coruscant into a blur beneath them. Sarah was still thinking about the black armored man from her nightmares. She knew her dreams were more than just memories or subconscious fears bubbling to the surface. Kalib had been neither Sith nor Jedi, yet he had believed in the natural power of life and the universe and had taught Sarah to listen to the power within her, to draw on it when she needed wisdom, courage, or strength of spirit. Most important, he had taught her to trust her instincts. In the same way Kalib had known that the black armored man would return, Sarah knew he was still alive. She knew he was somehow involved in her father's murder. The Jedi who had come to Ambria had been tricked. She was certain of it. It wouldn't have been hard. They wanted to believe the Sith were extinct. It was always easier to make people accept a lie they had hoped and wished for. A plan began to form in Sarah's mind. For too many years, she had been tormented by the terrifying figure from her childhood. Now, with Kalib's death as the catalyst, she was going to do something about it. She would avenge her father. She was going to find the black armored man, and she was going to kill him. She didn't speak again until she and Lucia were alone on board the private shuttle that would take them back to Doan. Here, she knew they were safe, that whatever was said would stay between the two of them. Even so, she wasn't ready to confess everything. She would keep the secrets of her past, her father, her nightmares, a little longer yet. The assassin you hired. I need you to contact her again, was all she said. I have another job for her. Part starts off with Master Oba telling more about the Sith Lord on Ambria. When Oba describes what the Sith Lord looks like, because, you know, of course, he was there during this whole thing, he knows what the guy looks like, Sarah knew that this was not the Sith Lord that she remembered. This man had hair. The one in Sarah's memory was bald. This guy was small, and the man in black from her dreams was big. This couldn't be him. To Sarah, everything felt wrong about this story, so she started planning in her head. At this point, Lochia was talking with the Jedi Master. Sarah's still shocked about her father's death and trying to put the pieces together. She wasn't focused on the moment, but she did know one thing, that the man from her dreams was somehow responsible for her father's death. She knew it in the pit of her soul. She just didn't know how. 
This is when Sarah pulls it together. And after an exchange between Master Oba and Sarah, she convinced him not to send the Jedi to investigate or tricked him not to send the Jedi to investigate. But she does promise him that if they learn anything about Seth or the Talismans, they will let the Jedi know. This is when Sarah and Lochia give leave and head back to their ship. The whole ride there, Sarah doesn't say a word. She is just contemplating everything that just had happened. And she knew that the Jedi had not killed the Sith Lord, not the one that visited her and Kaleeb so many years ago. Everything in her spirit told her that he was still alive. But she was not going to reveal her secrets just yet. She wasn't going to tell Lachia about who her father was and about who the Sith Lord was. So when they got back to the ship, she asked Lachia to get in touch with the assassin that she hired to kill the miners. She needed her to do another job. Something that got me right there. How did she know it was a girl? Did Lachia ever say it was a girl? I don't remember. So you guys might want to go back and listen to some of the mother episodes to find out if Lochia said it was a girl. But I don't think she ever said it was a girl. So it was kind of strange that Sarah knew that it was a girl. But I think Sarah has a little bit of an issue. If she really thinks that this assassin can take out Bane, she definitely doesn't know anything about the Sith, especially a Sith Lord. Bane ain't no Jedi Knight. Bane has a full use of the dark side. And I don't think this Itachi assassin can block all that out. But that's where this part came to an end. So join us tomorrow so you can find out what happens in the next part. We hope to see you there. Thank you for listening to Star Wars Intent. Tune in next time for more Star Wars adventures. If you would like to listen to other episodes of the show, you can follow us on all major podcast directories. If you enjoyed the show, we would really appreciate a five-star review. Once again, thank you for listening, and may the Force be with you. Star Wars in 10 was created by Kenai Shed and is distributed by Swaycast Network. This show was produced by Pickfield Media, sound designed by Theodore Thompson, researched by Leslie Schneider. I am your host, Kyle, and we will see you next time in a galaxy far, far away.